Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Weekly Exchange. This week in Forex and Strategy Game News, we have updates on Endless Legend, Endless Space 2, Gladius, and much, much more. Nate and Troy. Hey, Troy. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Nate. It's good to be here. How have you been? I've been all right. How about you? Uh, getting busy again. It's that time of year for me. Um, not as bad as what it was in May, but That's still good. pretty busy. Uh, this past week, it's been nice outside, though, so at least I've been able to enjoy the outdoors a bit. Nice. We're, in the, we're actually getting a thunderstorm as we're recording this. Oh, man. I'm glad you got a basement. <laughs> Well, we don't have it as bad as you, so tornadoes are not very frequent over here. <laughs> That's a good thing. But we good do thing. get hurricanes and blizzards and nor'easters and derechos and all kinds of other stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about news, and let's start with Star Ruler 2. What's going on over there? Well, this past week, uh, it turns out the developers for Star Ruler 2 have released the game into github as an open source they released the code for the game oh okay and basically developers can now look through the code not and i'm not talking about modifying stuff here i mean full-blown release the code so it'll be very interesting to see what people do with the engine you know if you know where, where this game is headed so when we reviewed it back in the day we liked it it was definitely not a typical 4x it had a lot of interesting mechanics. It's one of, actually one of the major things that it has now that few games have is it had various ways of traveling throughout space, which uh, Stellaris no longer has. And it had an interesting mechanic for how combat worked and how control of territory was. So it wasn't like, oh, I, I control a system and there are four planets in it, or I control four systems. It wasn't quite like that. You had to have systems supporting other systems, and in turn, the system that gets supported grows in level and wealth based on how much support it gets. It was it was a unique mechanism, though. It had a different tech tree. It had a ship designer. It was, and you know what? Actually, the, I think one of the big, one of the biggest and best features for the game was the unique diplomacy. It probably had one of the best diplomatic um, setups because it was part diplomacy, part game, card game. It's it was unique. It was very unique. A lot of people had a hard time with it because they just it was really out there. But we liked it and. We were sad to see the studio close, and now the studio released, the developers released the game 
into the public, the code. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, I mean, from what I'm being told on the forums, one of the big modders for the game is going to uh, just do something unique with it. So I'll keep an eye out. Maybe we'll do a Monday Modness piece on it in the near future. Awesome. If, if something cool comes of it, you know? Yeah, that would be really cool. Um, it's really cool of the studio to do that, to put it out there, you know, to let the game have a chance at a second life. So I, I like that. I respect that a lot. Uh, I'm glad to hear about it. Uh, next, we're going to talk about Endless Space 2. And mm-hmm. uh, this past week, Amplitude uh, dropped a lot of info on us. They got back from their vacation. And uh, they started talking about their games. And for Endless Space 2, they talked about the Supremacy DLC. Or expansion, however you want to think about it. Anyhow, uh, in this new DLC, they're introducing the Hisho faction as a playable faction. Now, mm-hmm. am, am I remembering incorrectly that they were previously a minor faction in the game? Yes and no. They previously were a minor faction in Endless Space 2, right? but in Endless Space 1, they were a major faction. Yeah. And they were probably, if I don't know, if I remember correctly, they were top three for players. They were very much a favored faction. So when they were brought back as a minor faction in Endless Space 2, a lot of people were upset. They're like, this is not cool. Why'd you guys do that? And now they have rectified it and made them a major faction. And why don't you tell us more about what makes them unique from the other factions? Well, they're an avian faction, so they're kind of like bird people, and they have a military focus. So they're going to get economic bonuses for war, unlike most factions where if you go to war, like it just causes all kinds of chaos in your systems. Like Even if you're like the very dispassionate Riftborn, you can't really be at war for very long without kind of losing control of things. So... Uh, that was pretty cool to read. Also um, introduced, well, in this for the Hisho is their ships are going to have a lot of flexibility when it comes to attaching modules. So you'll be, uh, it'll be pretty easy for you to change how your fleet works or the, the constitution of your fleet, uh, depending on what you need. You'll be able to retrofit them very quickly. So if you want to load up a lot of weapons on it, you can. And then if you want to reload all those ships with support modules of some kind, you can do that. And there'll be, like, the, the you have, like, what are, like, dual modules, I guess you'd say. Or dual slots, where it could have both a weapon or a support module on it. Which is pretty powerful mm-hmm. uh, in this game. So that's pretty neat. And, you know, just to kind of go along with that... Uh, Endless Space 2 will be getting the Behemoth ship class, which is like even bigger than the, the ships that they have now and can do, uh, I guess, like planet killing things, even though they're no, like planet no, no, there. not planet killer, system killer. Well, yeah, that's true because like so. Endless Space 2 systems are kind of like planets, so yeah. Yeah, so it'll wipe out a whole system. I guess I didn't think about it that way, right? Mm -hmm, Because you're going to wipe out the whole system because the system Uh is treated as like one entity in Endless Space 2 instead of a lot of other games. Well, I mean, uh, you can separately. Right, you can currently kill a planet, but then you still have the rest of the planets in the system. Whereas with this new ship class, you can kill the whole system. And there's different types of behemoths, and you can do all kinds of crazy stuff with them. Yeah, it sounds pretty far out. So, uh,. Also, in this expansion, Ground Combat is getting a pretty big rework, and that's actually going to be free. Um, 
so whether you get the DLC or not, the ground combat for Endless Space 2 is going to get a, a massive revamp. And quite honestly, it needed it. I thought that was one of the weaker parts of the game. So I'm glad to see it's getting some love here uh, yep. pretty early in its development because quite honestly, it needed it. So there's a lot more. We'll probably link the video and um, mm -hmm. the dev diary for it in the show notes. But well, uh, yeah, it was well, good stuff from well, Amplitude. We'll link the video, but by the time that you hear this, we would have had the announcement up. So within the announcement, there will be links to the dev diary, to the, not dev diary, but like, not the dev journal, but the, what, what is, it's like, it's it like a combined, journal. well, it was like a combined know, announcement. Together. Right, where they released all the information. So yeah, that's that'll I be guess linked. It's not really a dev journal, but that's where you find it on the Games Together right. tab. Well, so. maybe we'll link our article. I think that'll make more oh, sense. Oh, yeah, let's do that. that'll have all the sublinks in yeah, it. Yeah, and everybody's like, you guys have already done this. What are you people talking about? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. For us, it's the future. For you guys, it's the past. Kind of weird. All right, let's see. Next up on the docket is Age of Wonders Planetfall, and this week we get some more or interesting information about combat. The first thing they talk about is the Devar Bulwark. This is a, a, a weapons platform. It almost looks like a battle mech from Battletech. Well, it's and, a, I believe it's a dwarf, the space dwarf make. Right. So uh, it says it's a dedicated gunnery platform. And then it drops this really cool thing, then doesn't talk about it anymore. It says the bulwark can fire non-lethal round. And it doesn't really talk about that anymore. Then it talks about how good it is at killing people. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The non-lethal stuff sounds a whole lot more interesting to me than the lethal stuff. I've seen plenty of games where you kill people. What about not killing people? Like, could those non-lethal rounds be like an adhesive round that sticks a... Uh, an mm. enemy unit in the Slowing hex that it down. is, so that way everybody else can hit it real easily? Or does it have, like, ion cannons that can disable it for a mm. time? Or can it shoot, like, a little pod that has uh, a computer virus in it that infects the unit, and then after so many rounds of combat, you get control of it? Like, I'm interested to hear what that non-lethal weapon mm -hmm. could be that that's far more interesting yeah it can have lasers and guns and you know it's <laughs> got long range weapons. well yeah i mean everything does you know so what, right. what what does it have this is interesting that's interesting to me they don't talk about it that's maybe okay. they left it for another dev journal maybe maybe then it talks about an amazon lancer which is running around on a giant lizard and the cool thing about that unit is it doesn't use fuel or rounds for the weapon so it can stay out on long-range, long-duration patrols, which makes me think, Nate, that like resupply is going to be an important part of this game. Like, if they're making a big deal about this unit that doesn't need to resupply, I mean, I'm going to infer from that that resupply is really important. So mm -hmm. that'll maybe, be interesting. Maybe like limited armor. Not armor, limited ammunition or stuff like that. So Yeah, fuel. It looks like fuel and ammunition are going to be uh, important things to manage in your units, which is great. That's really mm -hmm. cool. And that makes sense for Age of Wonders to do, right? Because it, it right. is a very combat-focused game. Why not, you know, embrace it? Right. Like, make all the facets of combat matter. It, it's almost going into, like, those, uh, like those World War II games where you're mm -hmm. going to worry about your supply lines and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. And then it did a quick Q&A 
here at the end. And I'll mm-hmm. just go through these real quick because I bet some of our friends have the same question. So is it still defender gets to move first and attacker gets to retreat? Answers to both those are yes. Is uh, combat is there such thing as a combat concealment or is it too abstract? And yes, light units can use uh, objects in the in the battlefield like tall grass or bushes or something like that to get a bonus to their defense. It makes them harder to hit. But larger units cannot. They just trample those things down. And then will there be impassable terrain in combat? And yes, there will be, although there may be units that can just move over them or through them or can destroy them. So, I mean, this is all sounding like really great in-depth game development to me, and I'm, I'm quite honestly excited for it. Right, but I think the gist of everything here is that this is all focused on combat. So if some, at least so far, so if somebody is not keen on combat, they might not be as excited by these developments. But since I am keen on combat and my favorite thing about Age of Wonders 3 was the combat, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what they do with Planetfall. Yeah, um, you know, this game, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. And you can either embrace well, so that far. And, and enjoy so it, far. so or, far, you don't or know. not. You know, so I don't have a problem with them having a more focused design and saying, rather than try to do everything well, which usually means we don't do anything well, right. we're going to make sure we get this one part right. And then, you know, uh, let's see, Triumph Studios—that's who's making this—is mm-hmm. owned by Paradox, and I don't think Paradox is all that afraid of DLC. So, <laughs> uh, you know, you can always put stuff in the game later if you want. Well, Triumph did a really good job with how they did the expansions for um, Age of Wonders 3. Each of the expansions, very, very meaty, very, very big, old school almost, almost like how they did it for Civ 5 and how they did it for Unreal. Well, I mean, we might as well just mention the last iteration. Okay, well, you mean Civ 6. No, Civ 6 hasn't had it done yet. I don't think Rise and Fall did as much for Civ 6 as previous expansions had done for previous Civ games. But that's just me, you know? I'm sure somebody will chime in and say I'm completely wrong and I have no idea what I'm talking about, which is fine. I probably am. I'm not. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Not no matter how wrong they are, right, Nate? No, no, I didn't say that. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. How about you talk about Gladius for a little bit? Right. So since we're already on a topic of terrestrial war game, um, I will talk about Gladius as far as my experience later in the show, as far as games we're playing. But this week... They've released two bits of information. The first one was update version 1.06, in which they made a bunch of changes to multiplayer. They added requested features to multiplayer, such as um, like setting simultaneous turns while in the lobby. Uh, they added chat. They added uh-huh. so they added modding support. Okay, very cool. Then uh, they started doing balance changes to uh, slow down city expansion, which is something that's an issue with uh, Necrons, the Astro Militarum, a.k.a. Um, Imperial Guard, and the Orcs. Whereas with the Space Marines, that's not really an issue because they're sing- it's a one-city challenge, basically. So they started to... Uh, so they basically went in and they made little tweaks here and there, and then they started working a little bit on the AI... And finally, they started doing some bug fixes based on um, feedback, like what people are reporting. 
And then the second thing they release is they release like a, not so much a timeline as a mini Q and A, which is I guess they took six, seven questions from the community at some point and they answered them. And this is about post-release updates. So the first question is, do you plan to add more content? Yes, we're working on it. Do you plan to add more races? Yes, we do. There's more to it, but people can click on the notes and read up on it if they want. Uh, another one I like, I have a great idea that would make the game, the game better and should be implemented. <laughs> Answer, great. Here's where you send your idea. I have found the bug. Here's where you send it. I'm slightly confused about a specific feature. What can I do? Here you go. Here's where you can find the information. Where can I find an opponent for multiplayer? Here's our Discord. <laughs> so it's a, what's interesting is that they are engaged with the community. They're answering questions. And for Proxy Studios, this is something that they were not as, I guess, on top of things when they released Pandora. So they probably learned their lesson and with Slytherin being more involved here I think there's better community management so that's great now as far as the game itself I will talk about it a little bit more and by that I mean quite a bit more because I've been playing a lot of it lately so I'll talk about it later on in the show and with that let us talk about Endless Legend what can so you yeah, tell us almost at the same time they told us about Supremacy for Endless Space 2 they told us about Inferno for Endless Legend. And there's a lot of cool stuff here. If you've read our announcement about it, then you know most of this, but uh, bear with us because this is this is pretty cool. So the first thing is it gets another new faction, which, you know, Endless Legend already had great factions. It's not like it was hurting. So the fact they added another, that's that's just awesome. It is it's more than just icing on the cake, because man, uh and this legend just has such cool faction. I love them. Anyway, the new one is called the Kapaku. And they, you know, for Endless Legend and then also Endless Space 2, but, you know, primarily Endless Legend, each faction uh, has a specific advantage for something specific in the game. So, for instance, um, the, oh, you'll have to help me with the pronunciation, the Alayi. You know, okay. the, the bat moth people. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, the, you know, the winter I, faction. Right. Yeah, they, they get the, the they get a bonus during winter, right? During the winter mm -hmm. mechanic. They are uh, the winter mechanic. Exactly. Well, no, because everybody can pick up well, pearls and they, they no, can do the altar. Of they, but they have and, the orga, but they have in the winter, they shift phases. They become more warlike. They move faster. They hit harder. Yeah. Yeah. So they take then, advantage of the winter. Right. And then, you know, the um the broken lords really make use of of dust mm -hmm. and the roving clans make use of the marketplace. So anyway, like everything has something a, a faction tied to it. So the Kapaku are tied to the volcanic tiles. So like mm -hmm. they get real big bonuses in and around volcanoes, which is you know, kind of useless land well it may have some uses but it's not well, the this greatest is new land this is new terrain that's introduced with them oh all right good so i don't remember ever using volcanic yeah yeah previous, that would be why Excellent. previously they had uh, two sets of tiles that were dust rich and had some very unique uh not resources but very unique um like spe tiles specific to that region. They had desert and they had arid. So those ones were usually 
the preferred ones for the broken noise because it gave a lot of dust. They didn't have a lot of food. They don't need food. They need the dust. But with these volcanic regions, it really changes the dynamic. And the broken noise get to utilize quite a bit of it as well, by the way. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, so there's that. And then also they're introducing a new feature called the Dust Eclipse, which can happen at any point during a season. It kind of gives you a break from whatever's going on with that season. And uh, the Eclipse will add new objectives to the map that will uh, give you various rewards if you can kind of complete them. So it's almost like it g- gives you mini quests. And then I, what I think is... I don't know, maybe the most surprising thing about this, other than the fact like Endless Legend is getting one this far out from its launch date, is that Amplitude is not the company that developed this. It's NGD Labs, which made Master of Orion conquer the stars. So they approached Amplitude, say, look, here's our idea for an expansion for your game. This is how we do it. This is what we think. And I imagine there was a lot of back and forth. And Amplitude gave them the green light. And I guess it was good enough that they want to release it. And Mm -hmm. this is really exciting because what might this mean for any game? Not just Endless Legend. What if, you know, a company that likes developing 4X games Mm -hmm. uh, suddenly just wants to make expansions for other people's games? Mm, Uh, Good call. Good call. Or maybe there's like some indie guys that maybe they're not ready to tackle a full game yet so they're like well why don't we try making an expansion for our favorite game you know it's our favorite game we know we we love this game we understand it we eat it breathe it drink it maybe we could approach them with with this and we can show them a demo and all this so yeah this could really open up a lot for future game development and i mean for as exciting as everything else is i think the fact that an outside company is developing this for amplitude is the most exciting aspect if it works out if it works out this would be this could change everything. This could be really fantastic. So we'll see what happens with it. Well, Amplitude was involved. It's not like they just did something and just, here you go. Amplitude was involved. Several key members from the development team that worked on this Legend was involved with this. So it wasn't that it went unsupervised. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I've seen it. I can't ne- talk about nobody's it. Nobody's going to let you mess with their intellectual property. Right, right. Unsupervised. Right. That well, will never happen. I mean, you have... Something similar that was done with uh, Fallout, with the new Vegas expansion. I don't know if... You, I, I never played it. It's not my cup of tea, but I know of it. And the, the new Vegas expansion for Fallout was massive, like game-changing. A lot of people were very, very happy with it, and you know they wanted more. So this could be something akin to that, only in the 4X world. And the previous project that they worked on, which was Master Ryan Conquer the Stars... I did not hate, even though there's quite a few people out there no, that were... it wasn't were, bad. Yeah, it wasn't what it wasn't we were game. hoping for, maybe. But if, you know, as a 4X game, it was pretty good. And they did a good job with what they had. And, you know, at the top, the leadership at the top, b- between Chris Keeling and his bosses and below Chris Keeling, and who was the lead guy that worked on it for more gaming, you know, he was in charge of it. And... Uh, Outside of his involvement with it, you know, other stuff was going on that he had no control over. So hopefully right. this time around, there is no drama like that. And the finished product, again, I've seen it, I've played it, I know what it's about, but I'm a fanboy. So anything I say has to be taken with a grain of salt because there's plenty of people that have issues with Endless Legend that I don't, you know. So, you know, that's why I'm not saying anything that in the NDA, but 
that that's all going to be by the time you hear this it'll be one day away from um I believe it's coming on the second, so that's a Thursday. You'll hear this on a Wednesday, so it'll be a day after you hear the show that this will be available, and you guys will, guys and gals, you'll get to make up your own opinions for both Inferno and Supremacy, and both of them are really good. But again, you know, not everybody's a fan of Endless Legend, Endless Space Two, so I am, but you know, that's me. All right. Well, speaking of August second being a big day for Four X, also on that date. The developers for Aggressors Ancient Rome are going to be doing a live stream for their game. And they're going to be showing off a lot of new parts of the game because they announced this past week that it is going to officially launch on August 30th, which is way sooner than I was expecting. So I'm not going to talk too much about the game here because it's a game I've been playing. So I'll talk more about uh, various aspects of the game there. But yeah, August 2nd at 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time which is the time we're on now. Uh, they're going to be live streaming on their Twitch channel, so you can uh, check that out and kind of see what's going on with Aggressor's Ancient Rome there. And let's see, also, uh, I'm just going to go on with what I got, Nate, here. We're going to talk about Star Control Origins. And so we got another kind of dev diary thing this past week, and it, Fleet Battles just got a massive update. So if you are in the beta, the fleet battles have been totally reworked and Stardock is interested in what you think about it. And come along with that new update, uh, new ships were added for all these weird alien name things. Uh, the Aralu. Got oh, there, there, there's a thing about it. The Aralu are from uh, a previous game. And there's a whole big thing going on in the community right now about we thought you weren't going to use any of the aliens from previous games. What's going on? So that'll be very interesting to see what made this happen. Why uh, Stardock decided to release something that's from a previous game. You know, what has changed? Because I thought that they were staying away from it. Right. And that's a live grenade I'm not going to jump on right now. It, also, the Kazanti... Got a new ship, an Intimidator-class ship. Looks kind of neat. Uh, also introduced our new weapons, and I think this is really cool. We got some cool weapons here. You're going you're gonna to be able to have a cloaking device. You're going to have an Octimator, which will fire weapons off in every direction. Repulsors, which will not only damage your opponent, but move them further away. Uh, you'll get a Salvage ability, which can help you uh, get more advantages out of nearby wrecks um also in this uh there's going to be uh updates to the camera system which i guess really needed it and a couple new maps added and then also and i think people are just gonna love this there's dlc available for this game that isn't out yet yep before the game's even out they got dlc but i think it's free anyway each of the dlc there's three of them it just adds a new faction to the game and these are very whimsical looking factions like one looks like you know the the stereotypical green spaceman alien and then one is a crystalline being and then another looks like some type of puppy dog thing so anyway yeah so if you're in the beta for this um there's some new dlc available for you and if you haven't picked up the game yet uh, i believe it's coming out right at the end of summer september 20th that is correct yeah, so I just I'm looking right now at the huh, interesting. So the Erilu and the Chenjesu, they're both from 
the other Star Control games, I don't remember the mewlings, the mowlings. Well, was it, are they from um, Star Control 3? No, no, I think the Chinjasu were, I, I, you know, I need to check, I don't remember. I know they were Because I um, think if it's from Star Control 3, then Stardock may have legal right to use it. Like, I, I've been trying to follow that whole thing, and quite honestly, I, I don't really know for sure. What, where people stand, what's going on. Oh. Um, but it seemed to me that Star Control 3 was done by people other than Phil and Fred. Um, yeah, it was done by a different studio. So I think because Stardock owns the rights to the no. game, they have those. If it came from Chinjasu were in Star Control 2. Okay, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, this will be a big story whenever it gets resolved. Yeah, yeah. Very, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. I happen to agree, and I'm excited for this, and I'm I'm really sad that there's such drama around it because, you know, I, I don't like drama. If, if we can avoid drama, I'll, I try to avoid it, you know? Absolutely. As much as possible. Now, let's talk about a game that does not currently have any drama around it, and this is Phoenix Point. And they released and they released a dev diary journal. I don't even know what they're calling it. And um, th- this is a blog post where they're talking about how they're going to make the various havens different. And this, so in the game, there's three major factions, and each one of them will will be will play differently, will act differently, will have different goals. And you, as the Phoenix Point project, you are either trying to recruit them or take them over or wipe them out. And it's it's different than how it plays, for example, in XCOM 2 War of the Chosen. And this is more akin to what uh, Julian Gollop was thinking of doing back in the day when he made XCOM UFO Defense and, you know, the other XCOM games, Terror from the Deep and whatnot. So they show, they're showing the different tile sets. And if you look at it, it's very interesting because... You can see how each faction is unique so far. I believe they've shown two. They haven't shown the the third one, the one that has the more organic-looking stuff. And they showed also um, like a little bit more of the vehicles that they're going to have now. This is vehicles that are within the tile set, so they probably will not be usable, but, you know, who knows. And some uh, art, some, um, like... Uh, drawn like concept art but not uh not rendered yet so it's it's cool it's very very it's pretty it's different you can definitely see the influence that xcom 2 has had on phoenix point but we knew this from the get-go because julian gollop is a big fan of jake solomon and jake solomon is a huge fan of julian gollop so you know and i'm a huge fan of both of them so i'm very much looking forward to seeing what this comes out as i mean i have i backed it i had access i have access to the backer build too and i've messed around with it and it's definitely very very cool a lot of potential doesn't quite doesn't feel fully finished like it's i'd say it's probably i don't know maybe 65 70 percent of where it can be and they they do need to do a lot of tweaking still to it and add some more components, but it's definitely the fun factor is very much there if you want if you like tactical combat of this nature. Now if you don't, you know I don't know if you're gonna like this game. 
Having said that, let's talk about an uh, another ta- turn-based tactical game that I'm playing, and that's Battletech. So that's the game that actually replaced, for the time being, XCOM 2 for me. And they released uh, like a patch 1.1.2, and within it, they're fixing. They're basically fixing. There's not really too much new content here. It's mostly fixes. And uh, they fix a bunch of things that cause lockups and crashes. They, uh, they're fixing some of the settings in here. So it's nothing, nothing big, but, you know, f- it's following the community. And I'm very much sitting with my fingers crossed, hoping to hear something in the near future. We got the big, um, the big con, Gamescom in Germany, I believe in the middle of August. And I'm hoping to hear stuff from them about this. I'm hoping to hear more stuff about uh, Planetfall. But yeah, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this. And uh, I've been talking to some of my Steam friends that are playing Battletech. And all of us are like, oh, man, we need DLC. We need more options. This game has so much potential. And I'm hoping that there's going to be mod support. Because I think that'll really open up the game the way it did for XCOM 2. So I can just, man, I want voice packs is what I want. <laughs> I want me- you love those things. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? They make the game so much better. Like when you download a bunch of voice packs that, and the thing is there are like hundreds and hundreds of lines in there and you, like something very weird happens in the game. And then like your, your operator reacts and you're like, Whoa, I was not expecting that, you know? And that's kind of what I want because right now, there's very little flavor in the game. You have a bunch of different voices, like, you know, different accents and things like that. But they all pretty much say the same thing. And there's not a lot of diversity there. You don't really get, you don't feel like your mech warriors are special, even though you can get unique mech warriors like the Ronin. Or you can download the Kickstarter backers that have unique stories and unique uh They'll have unique portraits, and you know, I guess the people that backed get to participate in writing the story. They're really cool. Don't get me wrong, but that's it's just the picture. You know, you're not really getting anything unique as far as gameplay goes, and you don't have a chance to build a relationship with the warrior. And when the mech warrior dies, you're like, eh, who cares? You know, there's another five million waiting behind. It'll take time, but you know nothing special whereas in XCOM 2 you know they, they you you upgrade them differently and they develop different kinks and you know you don't know i don't know i keep saying you know as if i'm i'm talking to the listeners now the ones that play XCOM 2 they understand what i'm saying so i'm hoping for the same type of uh, organic growth in the game in BattleTech that XCOM 2 has because i think if they do that it'll be beyond amazing and then finally in this week's sec- session of What Is, there is a new game from Cyanide Studios called Blood Bowl Death Zone. Now, what this is, this it's currently, it's an early access, but what this is, is um, it's it's basically like the two-minute drill in, in uh, American football, in the NFL, where... Everything is, you know, you have two, like you're trying to score two minutes here, it's five minutes. And this appears to be real time, meaning it's not turn-based. It's more like, a, I guess, some kind of hybrid of maybe Madden-like football mixed with Blood Bowl. And this is mostly for one versus one. It's basically multiplayer. And I don't know, It's it looks really cool. It looks like you should be able to play matches very, very quickly. 
because right now as it is blood bowl takes a long time to play and you know a single match can take hours upon hours and when i used to play it back when i was much younger the tabletop version hours upon hours was uh, calling it lightly you we almost need like a chess timer like a turn timer <laughs> right otherwise yeah. you know a single turn you're sitting there and you're trying to figure out everything that's going to happen and where you're going to move your units like by units i mean your players and what kind of trickery you're going to set up and you, a single turn can take 20 30 minutes and in a game that can have that has 16 basically 16 turns for each player that's a long time so it looks like they're sped it up here so we'll have a link for it if this looks like it's something interesting for you you can check it out but you know i don't know I, I, I like Blood Bowl. I, I'm starting. Blood Bowl 2 is growing on me. I'm, I watch some people playing. There's, there's a bunch of leagues out there, and it's, it's fun to watch them play when horrible stuff happens because when it happens to me, I get very angry. But when it happens to somebody else, I'm all, ha-ha, the gods don't like you, you know? You must be angry a lot because that game is known for bad things happening. No, dude, I play, game, I play XCOM 2. <laughs> the saying that's XCOM baby can be applied to a lot of different things. So no, I'm not angry. I, I have been known to uh, quit a game, but since I don't play multiplayer, it's not a big deal. You know, who am I cheating? The AI. And now here's the interesting thing with Blood Bowl 2, you can't scum save. If you try to scum save, it's basically you start at the beginning of the match. It's not like you can go to the previous turn or to the previous down in this regard, you know? So very cool. Well, I understand you have a rant tonight. Is that right? <laughs> a little bit. So, did you have you seen? So, uh, first of all, has your Steam recently updated? Yeah, it did. Have you seen the new Messenger? Uh, like my friends list popped up, but I haven't used the Messenger yet. Okay, go. Why don't you go there and try to close down the Messenger? Like uh, my friends but, list? Yeah, like not not just not shrink it, but try to log off so it shows that you're offline. Like log off Steam? No, no, not log off Steam. Oh, sure, Find... I'm offline? Yeah. Ah, you see that? So now it doesn't do that anymore. Now you can set yourself to invisible, mm -hmm. but you can't, you can no longer be online with Steam, but offline with the messenger. Yeah, the best you can do is away, and everybody knows you're not really away. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're away until you start playing, and then it shows you what game you're playing. Right. So that's really annoying me. That pisses me off. And apparently they crossed over to Discord's territory with the new group chat and voice chat in games. If you notice, there's looks like, like uh, I, I don't even remember what they're called, but those things that the, that it's not an air horn, but whatever, the cone of voice. or I don't know. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Right. Mm -hmm. So they have like that icon there now. So you can, you know, I, I don't know. I mean... Instead of them fixing the Steam uh, marketplace and instead of them handling that stuff, they're focusing on these other things. And that, that's what that pisses me off. It's like, look, you know, use your resources for better curation. Use your resources to get rid of all the shovelware, these thousands upon thousands of games that do not belong there. There should be another service called shit, excuse me, garbage. <laughs> and all those games belong there. You can, it's another game that has a S and a T in it. You know, it doesn't it doesn't need to be on Steam. Steam should have AAA titles that are good, should have indie games that are good, should have AA games that are good. None of this garbage that's been drowning everything on Steam. Everything. It is so hard now to find something good unless you go to a curator. Okay, 
So that's great. We're a curator. We go through games. We do. And there's a couple of others that do and a few others. But it's like we don't get paid for it. We don't get nothing out of it. You know what I mean? We're doing Steam's jobs for free. They're like outsourcing every aspect of the company and just just they're collecting money. And it's really getting on my nerves. But the thing is, good old games isn't doing much to try and eat Steam's cake. You know, they're not. Yeah, not really. You, you know, they, they have an opportunity to do something that I think they introduced, I don't know, maybe six, seven months ago, something like profiles, but like their forums, their meeting place, all that stuff, their marketplaces, not like nothing like Steam. You know, they're not competing with them even a little bit. And that's too bad because if they did a better job, I would definitely consider switching, start switching over to good old games for some of my games. But, you know, once you're invested in this ecosystem, if Steam goes under, bye-bye to your games, right? Yep, definitely. And, you know, we have our community set up through Steam. So, you know, you don't want to leave that. Uh, we, so, were, yeah. we were actually asked when Rob and I launched Exploraminate, we were asked when I basically took over for Rob, we were asked, hey, why don't you do a good old game? It's like nobody's there. That yeah, people don't hang out there for yeah, it's like, like social media reasons, you know. We we could do it, but then nobody's there. It would be like nobody would find us. It would be the few people from Steam that also have games on good old games will switch over to, over there to talk. But otherwise, nobody's there to hang out. People come to you know banter on Steam, so and Discord, which Steam is trying to Valve is messing with right now. So it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Anyways, what have you been playing? Well, mentioned it earlier that mm -hmm. I've been playing some Aggressor's Ancient Rome this past week. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting a little bit further in the game. I pretty much got all of Italy conquered. Um, there's one spot somewhere on the peninsula I haven't gotten because the game gives you uh, objectives. And my first objective is to conquer all of Italy. So I've got some other little spot I need to get and I haven't figured out where it is yet. So anyway, that's pretty cool. Um, I, I think the game's all right. I think it's okay. Uh, the The tech tree in it is small, but that makes it easy to use and understand. Um, one thing I'm really enjoying is battle damage. Like if your unit gets hurt during battle, that's reflected in the way they look on the map. So you can see units that have been damaged just by looking at them. You don't have to try to find their health bar or anything like that. You can tell just by looking. So I think that I think that's pretty cool. Are they do they have like dented armor and bleeding? Are they missing yeah, appendages? Exactly. They, have, they have dented armor. They're bleeding. Are they, uh, is if they're like a, a ship, uh -huh. like a naval unit, uh -huh. um, like well, they kind of look a little burned out, which is, okay. is a little silly because you're not using flaming arrows or anything. At least I haven't found any yet. Right. You just use regular projectiles and ramming things like that. So, um, you know, but but still, it, it doesn't matter because it makes it easy to tell what units are hurt and what aren't. So your units that are hurt, you can move them back, and your opponent's units that are hurt, you can target them. Just It, it makes it real easy for uh, just just seeing that quickly and not having to do any, any close examination of the game. So I really like that. And then, of course, also, I played some uh, World of Tanks Blitz. There's a major update coming to the game. I mean, major update to coming to the game. Uh, they haven't said when it's coming out. It's entering test here pretty soon. Um, probably by the time this is on, the, the test will be out. Is it like a closed beta or an open beta? Uh, it's an open beta, but you got to have a uh, an account on the European server. Oh, that so, sucks. 
Well, I mean, they're free. You can just set up another account on the European server. It doesn't matter. Uh, but anyway, what, what they're doing is they're reworking the first six tiers of the game. There's ten tiers of tanks in the game. So they're really simplifying the first three tiers. Like, they're taking out tons of tanks. And then in tiers four, five, and six, they're eliminating about a half to a third of the tanks in the game to try to simplify it to make it a better experience for new players. So for people who already have the tanks that are going to be taken out, those tanks are going to become premium tanks, which means you get bonuses to uh, the, the amount of credits you earn in the game and a few other little bonuses to it and things like that. So now, like, instead of uh, playing my high-tier tanks, like my tier 8, 9, and 10... I'm playing low-tier tanks, trying to scoop up all these, you know, tanks that'll become premium tanks in, I don't know, a couple months. So, like, I'm slumming it in the low levels right now, which is okay. Well, not a lot of fun. <laughs> let me ask you a question. Yeah. When you say premium, do you mean that in the future, somebody that wants to play with these tanks will have to pay money to get them? That's exactly right. And then, oh, and that's garbage. Well. That's pure unadulterated garbage wow if you know what i'll t you know i've i've actually experienced something like this in a game oh, that yeah? i played yeah in grand theft auto 5 so when i got it at release i really enjoyed the campaign you know the single player campaign me and a couple of my friends we got on and we did grand theft auto online and then they started, I don't know how long we were playing before they started rolling out the shark cards. And then they started oh, yeah. nerfing mm -hmm. all of the jobs and all of the races. And then there was still, it was like a year and a half in. There were no heists and all that stuff. And they really milked. And when they, and like you could do, and the thing is we never, we didn't find like, okay, here's a race. If you do this race 10 times, you're going to make a lot of money. Or here's a job. This is a super easy job. Or you're doing this or you're doing that to make a lot of money very quickly. We never did that. We just played the game. We had fun. We didn't do, you know, we did a bunch of different things. We did a bunch of, like, challenges where you did, uh, like, uh, what was, there was, um, like, a shootout, like, a, like the equivalent, like, the Red Dead Redemption hideout type thing only in grand theft auto was a little bit different and there were you know we did things like that and we did it for fun but when they started rolling out the shark cards and nerfing all the payouts and raising the cost and everything we're like yeah we're done and we all quit and like that was it we 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 went back to playing a little bit of red dead but then at that point it was like you were so used to the gameplay from grand theft auto that at least for me it, it wasn't as intuitive anymore and i was like losing to noobs and i'm like nah I, I can't. I can't take getting it. Having a kid whose voice hasn't cracked yet, talking smack, <laughs> and boy, do they talk. And that's the thing. That's that's what kills me about multiplayer. Like in my life, I have been in situations through online exchanges where you post on a forum or you talk to people online, and then you meet them in person somewhere. You go to a convention or you, you know, you just out and about at a club or something, and you meet them. And like the way they behave online, everybody is like the the Incredible Hulk. Everybody's like a rage monster, super powerful Hulk smash. I'll kill you. I'll destroy your family. I'll burn everybody. I'll I'll hurt your children. And it's like they say these things, right? And then you meet them in person. And I swear to God, it's like th these people are all nothing and nobody. 
all the huge words, keyboard warriors of, of the nth level. In person, they're <laughs> meek. In person, they, I, I think mice would be more threatening than these people who online, they're, they're heroes. They're, you know, superheroes. But in person, they're nothing. And when you meet these people in person and, and you're like, hey, I'm so-and-so. And you can like, you can smell how the, the, uh, the aroma in the air changes and you can see how <laughs> their pants fill up. And you're like, that's what I thought. So that's the thing. When I'm playing games like, you know, online, multiplayer games online, and you're playing an 11-year-old that's threatening you and your family, and I'm just like, no, no. I, I'm not going to go down to their level. I'm not going to threaten them. I'm not going to curse at them. I'm just not going to play. Or you play with your friends. You don't play with randos, and you don't, you know. But eh, even then, it's like, who has the time? It's so difficult. Like for us to record the... We uh, weekly exchange. It's we have to ahead of time like plan it and oh yeah every week it's a juggling act to try to fit it into our schedules. It, it was like that with Rob. It's like that with you. It's like that for all of our podcasts. That's by the way, in case people are wondering, that's why it's so hard to do interviews because we all work full time. We all have families. We're not professional reporters and media that can just as part of our job we can just drop what we're doing and hold an interview. We, when it was when I was doing this with Rob, I had more time on my hand. Rob had a much more flexible schedule, so we were able to do lots more interviews. These days, it's hard. It is genuinely hard. And I can't wake up at 4 in the morning or 3 in the morning to do an interview with somebody on the other side of the world. I paraphrase. Let me rephrase that. I could wake up, but I won't. <laughs> That's not what this is about. And I want people to know that's why we do Q&As. That's why we do more written articles because that's easier to do. I don't want to ask the guys to do stuff knowing that, you know, all the stuff that is on their plate and then have them last minute say, Nate, I'm so sorry. I got to pull out. I can't do it. I understand. I completely understand. And it's just it's harder. It's much harder. And it's hard to do interviews with people that are local to you, people within a time zone or two of you. Think about doing interviews in Europe or doing interviews in Asia. It's it's crazy. It's hard. Yeah, well, we've gotten a little far afield. What have you played this week, Nick? <laughs> yeah, well, that was, I guess, a continuation of that other rant. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yes. So this week I played four games, two of which I will briefly discuss. I played Endless Space 2 Supremacy. I played Endless Legend Inferno. I think they are fantastic. I hope that when the games drop, the DLC drops on uh, August 2nd, which is Thursday, the day after you hear this, that you pick it up and you give it a spin. So if you're an Endless Legend fan, I don't think that Inferno is going to make you say, oh, they ruined it. I never want to play this again. I think you're going to be like, wow, okay, this is cool. They, they did a very interesting thing, another cool faction. This is fun. It might even convince a few people to try endless legend that maybe bought it and never really played it or maybe we're considering it because i'm pretty sure it's on sale right now now for endless space 2 same thing goes with supremacy um i don't think any existing players are going to be turned off by this some of them might be frustrated a little bit because the introduction of the behemoths really changes the game but it cha i think it changes the game for the better the steamroller is not to the same effect you have an another cool faction you have some reworks to existing mechanics that are very much highly anticipated and requested now if you are a person who doesn't like endless space 2 i can't say for a fact that this will make you go yeah no the game is awesome i love it but 
I don't think anybody that's currently a player of Rental Space 2 is just going to throw up their arms in the air and say, ah, oh, they ruined it, I never want to play it again. Unlike other games that we know who shall remain uh, nameless that happen in space, did with version 2.0, there are a lot of older players for the game were like, no, 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 too many changes. We don't like this. This is like a whole other game. I, I didn't buy into this game. So that's at least one thing you can say that Amplitude hasn't done with Endless Legend and Endless Space 2. Though in Endless Space 1, when they released Disharmony, that kinda, that's kind of what happened. I think that killed Endless Space 1. At least it did it for me. So hopefully that's not the case for you guys, and you will let us know in the comments if you, you agree or disagree or if maybe something has changed that you want to check it out. So that's that. Then I played Battletech. What's to say? I'm enjoying it. It's, yeah, I guess you could say it's tedious, but so what? I played lots of XCOM 2, and I never found it tedious, and I'm finding all kinds of little things with Battletech that are interesting in anticipation of future content and uh, maybe dipping my toe in the multiplayer to try it out, but I don't know. We'll see. And finally, I think the game I played the most this week is Gladius. And I can say that I have beaten the game with the Space Marines on their main faction quest on either the highest difficulty or the second highest difficulty. And I have to tell you, that's probably one of the hardest 4X games I've played to date. It is it is insanely difficult. And this this the last stage of the faction quest is brutal. Now, let me ask you a question, Troy. If I yeah. tell people, not what happens afterwards, but if I tell them what that last step is, is that spoiling it for people or I don't or no? Oh, you shouldn't spoil it for people. Okay. Well, if you're playing as the as the Space Marines, you know that there's a few steps there, and one of the steps is you deal with Imperial Guard. Another step, you're dealing with the ne- with the Necrons, and basically, it's a whole lot of Necrons being insanely Necron-like, doing Necron-like things, and it's brutal. So I beat it, and I was just like, "Whoa!" I, I couldn't believe that I survived it. It was awesome. Now I'm playing as Very the cool. Necrons to see what happens. So maybe next time we talk, I can tell you about that. But I doubt it. I'm not very good with him yet. So that's it. That's what I played. And um, uh, I think that's it. I think I want to just say thank you to our patrons. As usual, you're all awesome. We we couldn't do this without you, and we do a lot of this for you guys. So thank you very much. Uh, keep an eye out for Dallin and Ben Warmack Blue uh, streaming on Twitch and they're trying this new service now. So we'll probably end up adding it as a an account we'll see how that goes and uh we'll have some cool content coming up probably maybe you will hear the next double x so double x number 12 which was a fun show to make right troy oh yeah definitely <laughs> but i have a feeling we're gonna get a lot of comments on it either no comments i hope, I hope so hope well we do. Either no comments or a whole lot of comments. So that should be interesting. I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to post it up this upcoming Monday. Very good. So I'm deciding between that and another piece which one I'm going to post up. So, you know. And uh, I think that is it. How about you? You got any parting words? Uh, nope. Just want to thank everybody for joining us. We really enjoyed having you. This is Troy and Nate for Explorminate. Take care, everyone. See ya.
Thank you.